0: And it's like crunchy, crispy on the outside, uh, gooey on the inside. That's what
1: my body wanted today, man. Oh like, my god! I didn't know my body
0: wanted it, but it did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what my body say? This is a what great I,
0: time for Audrey to log in. Yes. Is that? Uh, <laughs> Andy singing. An, Andy singing or what I said?
2: <laughs> All I heard was what Andy was singing. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a true gift to me honestly yeah
0: yeah well it, it's even better when you know it was in the context of a conversation about grilled cheese oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was perfectly timed <laughs>
0: What's up, guys? It's Josh, and uh, I'm here with the Raising Mike Podcast, the Hamilton Revisit Podcast, and I'm here with Andy. What's up, and Audrey? Hello, hello. And uh we're just uh just goofing over here, uh, getting ready to do this. <laughs> just, just new
2: boot goofing,
0: new boot goofing. <laughs> um, just getting ready. I had, I had to bring it back in, apparently. Um, we're getting ready to talk about uh, a really a really emotional song, actually. So it's funny that we got this energy going. I don't really know if that's to
1: counteract what we're about to go through, but maybe yeah,
2: maybe a little compensation on the
0: front end.
1: <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I feel like we've already watched the uh, we've already watched the song, and so it it kind of left us in a in a weird state.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of I think it is that moment where like something like kind of sad, kind of special, just happened, and you're like don't really know what to do. So we're just uh, referencing uh, old shows from Comedy Central and old musicals uh but anyway we are uh here talking about that would be enough um Mm. which uh is finally get eliza back in the mix here uh to do a little singing and uh, i'm excited to talk about uh that uh who is singing in this song is pretty simple it's eliza and it's hamilton um that's it Uh, and that's really all there is to be said about who's on stage too um Mm. though i'm sure we we will talk about some of that staging as we move forward, place and time, um, gets complicated. Um, we are after Alexander has gone home. Um, and as we discussed last week, he actually resigned. Uh, we're going to talk about that some more this week, but in the course of the show, Washington has sent him home because Hamilton keeps asking for a command Washington. We are about to learn new of some stuff and made that a, a point of why he sent Alexander home. Um, so we would be somewhere between the point that he resigned and then the Battle of Yorktown when he comes back. So 1780 something other. Um, <laughs> we'll get a little more specific as we move forward. Um, and the story is that, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, Alexander is home and Eliza is going to have some words with him. And that's mm. that's what's up.
2: <laughs> Make it sound like an argument. They're going to have words.
0: No, those those like those words are later, but now it's just she's gonna talk. We can finally get to hear like what Eliza has to say about what's been going on and uh mm-hmm. it's it's real sweet. It's real sweet. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to do this as a fun fact today, because last week we talked about Alexander leaving, and I pointed out that historically Alexander chose to leave. Um, and we were very confused as how someone could choose to leave the military. Um and just decide that they were done, uh, but that is that is what happened uh, with Hamilton to an extent. Um, he didn't quit the military; he quit working for Washington, is what he did.
2: Mm, so he left that position, but he did not leave the military.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, he mm-hmm. had he had some ideas of what he might do after leaving Washington, um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to I wanted to tell you guys like why he left because his the historical part of this is it's dumb. Mm
2: -hmm. Like
0: it's really dumb. I don't know if you guys have read the two screenshots of a letter that I posted in here. Um, So the short version of the story is Washington wanted to talk to Hamilton about something. They kind of met on the stairs. Washington's like, Hey, I need to talk to you. Hamilton's like, cool. Let me go do this other thing real quick and I'll get with you. And by the time Hamilton made it back, Washington was mad that he had been kept waiting. And um, Hamilton got mad that Washington was mad. And then he quit at the end. Um, (laughs) But but the reason I know this story is because Hamilton wrote about it, because of course he did. Um, He wrote a letter. Because he
2: is T. Petty.
0: He is T. Petty. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you for bringing that back. You're welcome. Um,
2: Got you. <laughs> Petty. What did I
0: call him the other day after? Oh, Petty Wop. He's Petty Wop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he wrote this letter to Philip Schuyler. Um, and he said, Since I had the pleasure of writing you uh, at last, an unexpected change has taken place in my situation. I am no longer a member of the general's family. This information will surprise you, and the manner of the change will surprise you more. Two days ago, the general and I passed each other on the stairs. He told me he wanted to speak to me. I answered that I would. Wait upon him immediately. I went below and delivered Mr. Tillman a letter to be sent. The commissary containing an order of pressing and interesting nature. Returning to the general, I was stopped on the way by the Marquis de Lafayette. And we conversed together about a minute on rather of business. On a matter of business, he can testify how impatient I was to get back And that I left in a manner which, but for our intimacy, would have been rude, or would have been more than abrupt, sorry. Uh, Instead of finding the general in his usual room, I met him at the head of the stairs, where, accosting me in a very angry tone, Colonel Hamilton, he said, you have kept me waiting at the head of the stairs these 10 minutes. I must tell you, sir, you treat me with disrespect. I replied without petulancy, but with decision— I am not conscious of it, sir. But since you have thought it necessary to tell me so, we must part. Very well, sir. If it be your choice, or something to this effect, and we separated, I sincerely believe my absence, which gave so much unbridge, did not last two minutes.
1: Can I just interrupt here for a second? Yeah, I'm
0: done. I'm done
1: with that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Let's just, first of all, this <laughs> is a Revolutionary War um, time periods uh, version of see what had happened was mm-hmm. and and. He replied without petulancy. Oh, um, <laughs> sure. This that. is pretty petulant. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to read. I have these two screenshots. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I did want to point out some things. He said, I always disliked the office of an aide de camp as as having it at a kind of personal dependence. I refused to serve in this capacity with two major generals at an early period of the war. Basically, he goes on to say, I only took this job because Washington's pretty dope and I wanted to work for Washington. And so I took it. For him but um we're very different people basically um he said i'm trying to find this one quote it is uh in the three years past i have felt no friendship for him and have professed none which is bold we're not Uh, even friends anyway right right. Um, i don't even
2: like him right i never even did
0: (laughs) But here's, here's, here's the point that's true and, and irrelevant to to Hamilton and in the show too. I wish to stand rather upon a footing of military confidence than of private attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really what it boiled down to is even historically, Hamilton really wanted this command. Washington was not willing to give it. And so homeboy just left. He mm-hmm. left and went home, man, um, later, Washington finally agreed to give him a command at the Battle of Yorktown. So that's true to the story of the show. But I just I read that letter. I was reading it the other day and I was just like my eyes like glazed over at how actually petty this this argument mm-hmm. was, which I guess I shouldn't be surprised. This is a time when people shot each other in the face for random things. Mm-hmm. But I'm just reading it I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is exactly who he is in the show. so I get it. It works.
2: Yeah. And I think also sometimes Hamilton and we do this as humans too. We want to think that someone that we respect or, or that we admire and want to be like that when we meet them in life, that they're going to be our version of what the cool kid is or Mm -hmm. what successful is and forget that they're actually people who have their own personalities and ways of doing things. And they're not, they haven't been sitting around thinking, how can I be audrey's version of a perfect person you know like they've they've been living their own life and so it it kind of smacks of that a little bit of hamilton being like i thought he was going to be more like me and he's not so i don't even like him.
0: (laughs) we're not even friends
2: we're not even friends he's not like me
0: (laughs) yeah pretty much but anyway that's just yeah so there's your answer if anyone was struggling with why how do you just randomly pick up and leave the military That's how apparently in Hamilton's world, you just, uh, just decide to, um, (laughs) he does, he does say that he wants to like in that letter, if you want to go and check it out, um, you, he talks about like, I'm going to try to go get involved in this position in the military until, unless this other position opens up. And if that one does, then I'll do both these other positions, which feels like too much. Um, but that's on brand. Um, but yeah, so right. he, but he does end up coming back and fighting in New Yorktown, So there's the history there. And now we don't have to talk about it later. <laughs>
1: Yay. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Yay. Like
2: history corner. There's
0: other history coming. Don't get good. Don't get it twisted. Good. good. I like it. All right. Um, Audrey, why don't you go ahead and give us your thoughts on that would be enough.
2: Yeah. First of all, I think it is warranted to talk about the fact that all three of us, while watching this song, while watching this performance, were all um, um, misty-eyed, had had a little emotion going on. So just from the start, the experience of watching Philippa Sue's performance and also what has been written for Eliza to say to Hamilton, is incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. We like from the first moment, you know, we talked about last week that it was interesting that at the end of the exchange, it was just Hamilton and Washington on stage. And that was all you needed. That was plenty to keep your attention. And the simplicity of Hamilton turning and walking, first of all, that convention that we see used again, that Lighting tells you suddenly he traveled home and he's in a different space because there's Eliza. So we know he's at home. I love that. I love the simplicity of it because Mm -hmm. we totally go with him there. Mm -hmm. And, and then also the fact that except for at the beginning, when Hamilton, she and Hamilton kind of go back and forth, this entire song is one person singing and communicating. And it's so compelling Mm -hmm that speaks so much to amazing writing as well as Philippa Sue's performance that there is no moment that for me as an actor that I'm watching her that I feel like I see Philippa Sue on stage I'm seeing Eliza the entire time yes and it also is never pushed or I I never feel like she's like over communicating how she feels, which is so such a beautiful moment in the midst of all of this chaos and all of these things that have been happening. It, It stands out and you see, oh, there's Eliza. There's this powerful character, this powerful presence in his life that we really haven't seen very much of. And honestly, the way that the show is written, I don't know that Hamilton has really seen her. That he's Mm -hmm. really paid attention to who this woman is, not just, okay, I'm married now. He he seems very distracted by all of the things that he's trying to accomplish. And this is the first moment that he actually pays attention to who he married.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say historically that's accurate too, because I mean, they were married in what the span, like engaged in the span of like two weeks. So yeah. she makes this appeal part of the song, like let me be a part of the narrative. If you would let me inside your heart, that whole thing. And that's partly sweet, but also it's partly just like, we barely know each other. Mm-hmm. But like, if you would just give me a chance. And I think he is, I mean, he's he's definitely sung a song earlier in in the in Helpless, he sang about her and what he felt about her. But I definitely agree that, this is a moment where historically he probably is really just learning who this person that he married really is um and you get to see that kind of even in that moment too
1: yeah and i i mean i do think that um there like with any relationship like you learn you start to see different sides and different layers of people um that you don't normally see um mm-hmm. you know you know as the as the one non-married person in this group um, can attest because I'm, (laughs) I'm totally in that realm. Um, But I, I just know that, you know, people can change and people can evolve and you can kind of see, even after knowing somebody for a really long time, you can still get to know someone um, in a whole new light um, because they're not the same person um, as they were when you met them. Hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's, you this song definitely gets at that idea and the idea that you know i think a lot of us feel this that that eliza did not marry this person because of all of his like legacy and his history and all all of the stories about him you know that that there was something that she was attracted to and she like really brings him back to that Mm and it, and it's really beautifully done. There's, there's this moment when they cross and she's standing behind him and she's just has her hands on his back, gently rubbing his back and reminding him that, that he's a miracle, that he, that the fact that he is in her life, that the fact that he is in the world is a miracle to her. And, and that kind of reminder Bringing him back to reality rather than this existential crisis and obsession with legacy and obsession with his station, it it is so powerful. And I think Eliza is the only person that could have done that.
0: Mm -hmm. that she
2: she everybody else even angelica if you want to think about the other woman that we know loves him in this story that she has those same kind of ideas and ambitions and eliza is saying hey like grabbing his hand and bringing him like bringing his feet back down to the earth and reminding him like hey like this this right here between you and me and this child this is enough
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, she she has this tendency throughout the show um to be the content one. Like everyone else is striving for all of these other things. And Eliza's just like, like it's me and you, and now this child, and like that's that's fine. That can be great. And I love that even she starts to cause she knows he it, you know, she said we don't need a legacy, we don't need money, right? Mm-hmm. She knows these are all the things that he's after um and she when she talks about the child i I thought it was really interesting she said if this child shares um was it a fraction of your smile of your
2: smile Mm
0: -hmm. um she says smile and she talks about his mind and she talks about them back to back but she says smile first and i just Mm -hmm. love this idea that everyone else around him is like in like just caught up in his genius and what he can do with writing and all of these things and she's she's reminding him this like it's you that mm-hmm. I fell for, um, you know. It's 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 the person that you are. It's not the genius that you could be. It is just you. And I yeah, just, I just love that moment there.
1: I I caught that too, um, and it reminds me of the um, it reminds me of the Mister Rogers song that it's you I like um, that mm. he put out. Yeah. I can't I like I'm gonna say as much as I can without choking up because um, I said Mister Rogers and my lip quivered. Uh, yeah. <laughs> This like if you haven't seen the beautiful day in the neighborhood documentary, go do it. You will blow your eyes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's she is the testimony of this. So this is the lyrics. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The way you are right now. The way down deep inside you. Not the things that hide you. Not your toys. Um, I, and then, um, but it's you. I like every part of you, your skin, your eyes, your feelings. All right. I hope that you'll remember, even when you're feeling blue, that it's you. I like, it's you. I like, um, and like, oh my God, (laughs) freaking a man. (laughs) Um, Oh, good. It's so good. And like, it's just so true, especially for like, we wrap our identities up in Mm. what, who we are and what we, in what we do and what we accomplish. Um, or what we don't accomplish and um, eliza's just sitting here and being like listen your your kid is going if your kid has a fraction of what you're going to be doing you have like look out Um, Mm -hmm. and that it's not about all the things that you do or can do or not doing it's this is enough
2: yeah yeah it's fascinating that parallel that you draw because I think especially in that documentary that's used in a situation where someone is not able-bodied and they he's singing this song to them and, and what a beautiful reminder. And I, I think it's so powerful. Those, those lyrics, and it does tie in so deeply to what Eliza is saying. And she's one of the only people in his life that sees him and he's seeing her for the first time, I think in this song. And I think there's a particular moment in, if you watch it, you see him like literally look at her and have wonder on his face. Like almost like he's discovering this woman that he married for the first time. And it's so beautiful. But that, that phrase that she says when she says uh, the fact that you're alive is a miracle, just stay alive. That would be enough.
1: And that is something that to me, I heard it as her telling it to Alexander, but also to the kid.
2: Yeah, um,
1: that is, you know, we know that that time was really uh, hectic and not the children weren't always guaranteed. Um, and, you know, the fact that the fact that you're alive is a miracle, we just need you to stay alive. And it's just it's just adding to, you know, what we're going to see later when Philip is so much like his dad. Mm. Um Like, Mm -hmm. just stay, just stay alive because what you're alive, the fact you're alive is a miracle right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love that there's, we get this vulnerable connection between the two of them and that Eliza is there from moment one, she is open and she is like inviting him into that space and inviting him into that world. And he's reluctant at the beginning and saying, basically, I, I don't, I don't deserve you. You know, I, I, do you relish being a poor man's wife? And the moment that gives me chills every time, I relish being your wife, mm. right? Like you. I don't, the fact that you are poor, the fact that you, whatever status you have, doesn't matter to me. I relish the fact that I am your wife, mm-hmm. that I get to have that title. And how powerful just as a human to be chosen in that way. Yeah as a newly married person, that is particularly profound for me to, to remind myself that, you know, my husband chooses me, he chooses to be my husband, and he relishes that. Hmm. And how, like, nobody else on this planet gets to say that, like, I'm the only one. And that is such a privileged position. And I think, you know, in the midst of war, and he's trying to make his way in the world and make a name for himself, we can forget that that is just as, if not more powerful than anything he can accomplish. Exactly. In
1: this exactly. And like, I think Hamilton has spent so much time on what he's done to cement his legacy that all you have to do is have a, is it, like what he's doing with Eliza between the marriage and the child that is doing more to his legacy than, than anything he's ever done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great point that this is actually the literal legacy yeah. <laughs> that like <laughs> you having a child who will then carry on your name and you will raise and that is your literal legacy, not mm-hmm. just the stories that people tell about you.
0: Yeah, and ironically, like we're gonna learn through the show, the only reason this dude has a legacy at all is because of the work that Eliza puts in. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so it's just it's really that line for for me when she says we don't need money we don't we don't need the money we don't need a legacy right or not in that order but like this he has one because of eliza uh, i don't want to mm-hmm. go too deep in those waters but yeah it, me- it means a lot that the thing that he wants the most re- basically comes from her hmm. um and all these other things and, and that's what i mean this song is her trying to pull him back to this reality mm-hmm. um and he he gets it but it's one of those things that like you know that he gets it but he doesn't get it Mm -hmm. Um, because we know exactly what happens next we know where he's going next we know what what's what's you know what's next for him um but we do get this really tender moment of him having to come back to reality for a minute um and and deal with the what's happening right now between him and eliza and, Mm. and this child and i think I think it's good. Um, I got some thoughts about his performance that I want to go into later, but.
2: <laughs> yeah. but yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: Very theater I, kid.
2: Yeah. I, that moment though, talking about Philippa Sue's performance, when she has the moment of grabbing his hand and saying, I could be enough, right? Mm. That's the first time that she really inserts herself and says, like, let me be enough. And you, Feel that tension that he's withholding from her, Mm -hmm. that he hasn't let her into his heart. When she says that, it's, oh man, like, let me be a part of the narrative. Let me in your heart. Like, that's so powerful that she's asking that of him And, and speaks of, you know, relationships at that time. Of course, they didn't know each other very well. And, And it wasn't assumed that you loved the person that you were married to. That was bonus Mm -hmm. for the most part. And so for Eliza to be pleading with him and saying, hey, I want to be part of this narrative. Let me be your partner, not Mm -hmm. just the person that you're married to. Like, I want to come beside you. I want to be part of the narrative. I want to be right by your side and support you. But you have to say that I am enough. Right, mm-hmm. and, and her advocating for herself, which is just so beautiful to see she's not, I think that's the moment that you really see she's not just the comforting presence. She's not only there to calm him. She's not only there to comfort him. She's also there to say, hey, see me. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those moments where you see Hamilton looking at her and, and seeing her for the first time and she has to she has to demand it in order for him to see her
0: and and man just historically speaking like this dude like loved this girl I and mean, you like you read the stuff that he he writes to her like just a quick from a letter he wrote he said i long to see the workings of my betsy's heart and i promise myself i shall have ample gratifications to my fondness and the sweet familiarity of her pen she will there i hope paint me her feelings without reserve even in those tender moments of pillowed retirement when her soul, abstracted from every other object, delivers itself up to love and to me, yet w- with all that delicacy which suits the purity of her mind and which is so conspicuous in whatever she does. Um, like he loves this chick. Like he, that's him, by the way, writing her a letter telling her he's ready to hear, get another letter from her. Mm-hmm. Because he wants to see what she's going to write to him. Because yeah. everything she writes to him, like, makes him happy. And
1: it's kind of crazy. Like, you know, she's not she's not really, up until this point, she's not really painted as, like, this super intellectual. That's Angelica's job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to imagine that she had to have held his attention with his letter writing. Right. With her, with her letter writing. Because he needs a high standard of intelligence and, like for lack of a better word, like foreplay or flirtatiousness <laughs> through yeah. through letters. And yeah. she was able to do it to the point where he is like what you just said, like he is waiting for the next thing that she's going to write.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it got to the point that he numbered their letters because I'm not even kidding. The next paragraph of that letter, he said, it's been a week since I've heard from you in that time I've written you twice. I think it would be advisable in the future to number our letters for I have reason to suspect they do not all meet with fair play. This is number one. <laughs> That's what, <laughs> that's what he wrote in this letter he's like,
2: like hey girl like, pay attention I, to me
1: yeah. hey he girl it. I'm du- I'm double texting a lot he you got know, it bad you need y'all. to reply <laughs> me yeah he got it bad.
2: yeah and I, I think it it's so obvious that you see that in the real the real version that he mm-hmm. there's something about her that he truly is just enamored by Ooh, and also yeah. I think this sentence that she says that if she could grant him peace of mind, that would be enough Mm -hmm. that she recognizes that's the difference between her and everybody else really Mm -hmm. is that she recognizes that he lives in such an anxious way in such a way of thinking that he's never going to catch up. He's always behind. He's always trying to prove himself. And she sees if you could just have peace of mind, if you could just believe that you are who you are, that would be enough because you are amazing. You are powerful. You are intelligent. You are all these things. You don't have to keep chasing after that. And I, I also hear the plead in her words at the end of, choose like asking hamilton to choose to be satisfied she doesn't say those words but she's saying choose to stay choose to say that i'm enough that our baby is enough that this life Mm. is enough and i think she knows that that's a like 50 50 chance of whether he's actually going to do that or he's going to say in two days you know what i actually probably need to get back and I think that's interesting to see her posing that question and recognizing that this is a very real possibility. But I, I need to say to you, I need you to choose this. I want you to choose this. So I I like this song a lot. <laughs> <You don't laughs> I think say. it's okay. Um, and also just from a like technical standpoint, Philippa Sue is has just a beautiful voice and oh my gosh effortless it's just beautiful production and there's no tension and there's no pushing and I just believe her the whole yeah. time
1: yeah there's such an authenticity to mm-hmm. to what she's doing and it's like what you said earlier is like I don't see Philippa soon in there I see Eliza absolutely
0: yeah. there was this the one moment that hit me that I I got kind of a chill in that I hadn't gotten before is she's not you're right she's not forced at all it's very it's very very effortless there's this one moment though one of the last times she says and that would be enough i get a little bit of to me what she sounds like in burn come out for like a split second like you hear the energy that could be there um mm. and and i i had never noticed it before uh in one of the one of the times she said it it was it had a little bit of a different inflection to me that felt like closer to that um and I, it was really cool to kind of hear that come out and be like, uh, like it's right there. Mm-hmm. Um, it it could come out and it's gonna. Um, yeah. But man, just her ability in that song to just be so, so like, this is what it is. I'm just gonna do my thing. And I mm-hmm. don't understand people that can sing like that. Like, <laughs> I always feel like I'm fighting to sing. So <laughs> I don't like to yeah. see it. I'm just like, how do you, why, why is your face not move? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, she know, has yeah. amazing training. So,
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: just
2: the casual Juilliard. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> gentle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it, it's really, it's really funny to like listen to all of this, like very hard on your sleeve, very um, just kind and very sweet song. And then you hear the story behind how Lynn Manuel wrote it. Um, he said he just wrote it. Um, which is which is cool he's like this wasn't there's no historical context to it it just came out in my series of writing but he played it for his wife because that's what you do when you write a song Um, and it didn't uh, so he he ends up saying like I played it for my wife tears streaming down my cheeks and she goes is that what you wish I would say to you (laughs) he said with a laugh (laughs) and I'm like no that's my love song to you
2: Like she was like not having it. She's like, I, excuse me. This is a
1: girl. This is a woman that clearly has had many songs written about her or inspired by her. Cause, right. cause a lot of women would be like very like, Oh, like heart of fluttering. Like, mm-hmm. but sometimes like songs, I, I've written a few, as I've said a couple times, and they sometimes they hit differently and you really don't want the that really that right <laughs> that's what you picked it's like i poured my heart out to you and you go man to be fair this is the same woman who
0: boos every time he kisses somebody in the show mm-hmm. um so i mean like she she occurs probably some element of like you wrote that about another girl, even though it's
2: like, yeah, there's also just, she's married to him and like, isn't in the, oh, it's Lynn manuel Miranda. She's like, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Cool. <laughs> what TV show did you write this one about? Right. <laughs> Was this a Parks and Rec reference this time, or you, you go do the dishes, please? Yeah, like, yeah, this is great, but the tra- i should take the trash out. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> oh, this is what you did instead of all those things that I asked you to do. Cool. cool. Yeah.
1: Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Dope. And then he gets to throw it in her face back when when it wins all the Tonys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back to the heartfelt, um, heartfelt stuff. I really like that this song opens with string quartet. And like a mm-hmm. guitar um, because you've got those plucked instruments and even later they add the piano in there um, and that just cap to me like e- they use this every time they are trying to capture like a softer more intimate side of mm-hmm. Hamilton's life yeah um, whereas you see like the stark contrast from last week um, when we had drums bass synthesizers that are yeah. about war that are about his public life and um, I really like that yeah, it's the audio
0: version of like throwing like a sepia tone filter on the whole stage. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Just everything is pretty and sweet. Um, it could easily be done in a field, but it's not. It's done on a you know. So. Why aren't
2: there flowers in her hair? I don't right, understand. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but it gives you all those same feelings, right? Like you, yeah, you
2: absolutely. Do all those
1: all those things that you normally pick up on visually, I get them like audio wise. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. You tra- sure. You're transported into a different into yeah. a different place um, yeah. before the song ever starts, like before the lyrics ever start. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that you, you we got this Skylar Sisters motif returning with the look around, how mm-hmm. lucky we are to be alive right now. Um, and it touches on what we've talked about before, that it has a different meaning now um, mm-hmm. that there's a baby attached um yeah a baby a baby (laughs) yeah and it's not look it's double meaning it's a lot maybe more than
0: double meaning because it's like look at the times that we're in that was kind of the the initial thought of that line um but then also hey you didn't die in the war right there's a thing yeah um like the the baby is here so there's the what you talked about about talking to the baby and then i had this idea um i'm just gonna kind of jump in since you're on this line andy no go for it man um I had never connected this before to this idea of uh, look around, look around, how lucky we are to be alive right now. And Burr saying, if there's a reason, I'm still alive. Oh, yeah. Almost like these two different people in his life are kind of saying a similar thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting that Hamilton is kind of in between those two things. Um, This is a very similar idea. Like, if there's a reason I'm still alive, Look, look how lucky we are to be alive right now. Very similar ideas, and one that historically most people probably would have thought because it was hard to live back then. Yeah, yeah. but for the sake of this show, I think it's really interesting that those two things are kind of um, aside from each other.
1: It's kind of like Burr and Hamilton being on op- completely opposite sides, and then Eliza's kind of there saying, "Like, no, hear hear him out. He 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 makes good points, and kind of softening up his language, so he's not as uh, averse to it."
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also interesting just thinking. I mean, the context of what this year has been and being in a pandemic, that there, I think, there's more of a connection for me to this line of recognizing that something joyful, like new life coming into the world in this time. I think I have Mm -hmm. been like a friend of mine just had her baby, and another really like one of my closest friends had a baby in the summer. And it's just, It hits you differently when you recognize that there's so much uncertainty in the world and so much death, honestly, around us that that new life and and being alive and and continuing to have blessings. That is a that's something that is even more profound when you're in a time like this.
1: It's hopeful. Um, mm-hmm. because in a, in a time like the pandemic or in a time like the revolutionary war, where you're not sure what you're going to be doing, so many people are in survival mode. Yep. Um, and it's almost kind of like a revolutionary thing that she's having a baby during this time.
2: Yeah. It's Dude. like, wait, what? Like,
1: <laughs> right. You're just your husband could die. Yeah. yeah. You're having a baby and your husband's off fighting a war. Like mm-hmm. why? What? And this you is... could die and the baby could die. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I also wanted to touch on something that we didn't really talk about, um, about the Hamilton-Eliza conversation at the very beginning. Um, He's very upset that he didn't get told that he was, that he, that she was pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. And she, but there's this change in him after he realizes that, um, that she told him that it's a son. Um, now, obviously she can't tell, she can't know that, that, what it is. What right. It is. She didn't
2: have no sonogram.
1: <laughs> no, but no 3D. When, he, when it hit him, like he immediately goes into, we'll be poor. We don't have a lot of money. We don't have a lot of stuff. And he goes from thinking about this war back to this legacy and all he doesn't have. And I feel like that's something that a lot of, a lot of men deal with, like being providers Mm-hmm. Um, and we and and he's realizing that what he has is not enough to provide for his wife or for his son and I know that Eliza spends a lot of time like counteracting that of like we don't need that I just need mm-hmm. you um, and it got me thinking about a song you know we talked about Ben Foles way back in episode two <laughs> there's a there's a song he wrote for his son called still fighting it and the end of the chorus has a line that says you're so much like me I'm sorry Oof. Mm. which is so prof- the older i get the more profound that is for me mm-hmm. and like there's such joy to a, a baby or into a child because they are a little you for better and uh, for worse too mm-hmm. um and so it's just i think i think he's seeing that um and i i think there's a letter uh, that's talking a little bit about that um that josh has i noticed it in his notes oh yes. <laughs> he wants to talk about it yeah um, sure i i kept thinking about that i kept thinking about all the ways all the ways they're like him and then mm. how sorry he is for it
0: <laughs> yeah so funny so andy what's cool is the place you're at like i have it's like my three of my different points but i'll only make one of them now but oh, okay um the thing about eliza um telling him you deserve a chance to meet your son um actually hamilton did want a son um most people Did I mean, the idea of carrying on your family name is is pretty prevalent all over history. But he did write her a letter um, about wanting a son. And what he said to her is, um, "You, you shall exchange, engage shortly to present me with a boy. You will ask me if a girl will not answer the purpose. By no means, I fear, with all the mother's charms, she may inherit the caprices of her father. (laughs) And then she will enslave, tantalize, and plague one half the sex out of pure regard to which I protest against a daughter. Uh, This is Lynn saying this part that I'm about to read. He said, so just to put that paragraph into 21st century terms, you're pretty and I can't keep it in my pants. So if we had a daughter, she would inherit both of those things and we would have a tramp. (laughs) Yes. And so, yeah, but, but he, he does, he does want a boy, um, for lots of reasons, not the least of which is he's terrified of what a girl with his attitudes might be like. Um, it just makes me laugh. Her
2: name is Angelica.
0: Right. right. Um, (laughs) but, but yeah, it just, I thought it was funny that he wrote, he wrote that in a letter. I just, this is the great thing about Hamilton is, is if you want to know what Hamilton thought about something, he probably wrote wrote a letter about it. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah he's he wrote a lot of stuff um so yeah i love that yeah. love that one
1: yeah um back to uh, i i the the title of the song is that would be enough and mm-hmm. um the in, in there's an approximate trans it's an approximate translation of this um hebrew word that's dayenu um, it's it's a title and a chorus of a song that's sung part of the Jewish holiday of Passover mm. um, and it's one of the it's it's an answer to various ways God helped the Jews escape slavery in Egypt. So mm. like if he had brought us out of Egypt and had not carried out judgments against them, it would have been enough mm. um, and so I, I kind of like adding the faith element to it that having echo having Eliza echoed this sentiment, it just shows how much faith she places in Hamilton and places in their marriage. Mm.
2: Yeah. That's really beautiful. Like that. There is that like devotion and faith that she has in him, which honestly uh, I'm like, go on girl. I see you. You're you're believing in your man. I don't believe in him that much, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's because
2: I know more things than she does. (laughs) Yeah, A
0: little bit, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit.
2: But it is beautiful that, and, and I think that's part of what actually gets his attention is Mm -hmm. how seeing himself, how she sees him.
0: Yeah. And it's part of the people's frustration with Eliza, um, you know, as we go through the show that she is willing, she gives so much grace all the time to him. Um, but it's, it, you see the seeds of that here, this idea that like, I'm in it for this guy and this person. And, um, even now she can see through the, you know, the dumb boy trying to just make a name for himself. Right. Like she sees Mm -hmm. through, she sees through that, um, to an extent, I think it blinds her to other things, but she does, she is definitely more on board with the person of Alexander Hamilton than most people are. Yeah. Um, Yeah
1: um i also loved you know i love me a good west wing reference yeah um, when it and, and there's an episode where the the president goes to says to his daughter the only thing you have ever had to do to make me happy was come home at the end of the day Oof. I'm, Oof. Gonna cry. I'm
0: gonna cry i know
1: i know um he had a similar
0: line in sports night too um oh Aaron, nice Aaron sorkin wrote of almost the exact same line i don't know the context but i read it today and it was the same thing all you had to do is come home at the end of the day that'd be enough yeah
2: it's Aaron so, recycling lines. I know, yeah, right? Imagine
1: what? That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And I I just love that this art this song. After I listened to it a few more times, I kind of got like a little bit of a of of like desperation and yeah. towards him mm-hmm. of just like please pleading. She's just pleading yes. with him to be at peace with what he has. Mm-hmm. Um. And just like look at look at what all you have, and you're just like throwing it away for the potential of what of what could be um and there's so much here um that's already here but you're it's already yours next yeah it's right. already yours mm-hmm. so i yeah this is this is a beautiful song mm. yeah Mm-mm-mm. it's a good one mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> did you
0: get one more in there <laughs> um all right so let me tell you how everything's wrong about it i'm just kidding uh, i'm not gonna do that <laughs> Uh, I am going to tell you um, not how it's wrong, but I just want to set some timeline stuff. So the Lee Lawrence duel happens in 1778. Hamilton resigns in the spring of 1781 and Philip is born in January of 1782. So presumably Philip is conceived between his resignation and when he goes back to Yorktown, which means Hmm. she Mm -hmm. would not be pregnant right now. But narrative
1: uh, yeah well I mean I, I feel like that would be the only time he could be conceived
0: right exactly he can't right. really be
1: conceived I'm I'm not sure how math works but I yeah, think right. people two people 100 200 miles away yeah can't really conceive a child.
0: And also, while we're on that point, um, just Conception? in that in that day and time,
1: one well, no. Um, so when a man and a woman love each other, that's uh, um, a different podcast, Josh. A different <laughs> podcast. That's our Sorry. that's our spinoff. That's our spinoff <laughs> podcast. <laughs>
0: Courtship of the 1700s uh, or 1800s, <laughs> um, which we've done a little bit on the show. But anyway, um, no. So I, I I, just was interested to look into just um, how people not how people had babies. We know that. But, um, <laughs> but in the 1800s, what like what did that process look like to know that you were pregnant? So um, hmm. Eliza would have thought she was pregnant after missing her first period. She would have been more c- concerned that she was after the second um, but really you were not ever really sure you were pregnant until the quickening, um, which sounds like a horror movie, but it really means the first <laughs> time you felt the baby move, um, mm-hmm. that literally until that point, people were like, oh, I might be pregnant. Not she totally might sure. <laughs> she might be also, pregnant just or just
2: might be stressed. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Cause right. that's a thing too. Cause it's
0: the 1800s out here, y'all. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. That's why. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that. I thought that was just kind of interesting that I'd never really thought of it, but like that totally makes sense. Like you're not, you know, going and doing a 3D ultrasound in the in this time frame. Um, I meant I mentioned that because she says she wrote to the general a month ago, and that kind of is not like you. She wouldn't have known in that time frame, but um, I want to I want to spend some time on his his answer to that because he, he. How long have you known? I wrote to the general a month ago. His response to that is no. He just kind of says it offhand. And I I wrestled with why that was his reaction uh, today a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is he shocked that Washington didn't tell him? Is he angry that she went over him to his commanding officer? Is it suddenly hitting him? Like why Washington sent him home? Like, oh, Washington knew my wife was pregnant. Mm Mm-hmm. Or would he even have come home if he wrote to her or if she wrote to him rather, like if she had written to Hamilton specifically, would he have come home? Uh, and I kind of, I landed on yes. To all of those things. Well, they're all things that he's wrestling with. I think, I think it's the idea of like, Oh crap. Why did someone know I was going to be a dad before me? Why did you not, why did you go over my head? Is it because you thought I wouldn't come back home? And also, maybe I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Like, I sort of, I just imagine that those he's wrestling through maybe all of those things all at once.
1: I think he's probably also pretty salty over what happened with the general. Um, and sure. when he's like just shut, he, when the Washington just shut him down by saying "Go home," that's an order. Um, he's all, and I, I have a feeling like you know, if it was a, if it was a late '80s, early '90s sitcom, you. He'd come back and be like, "I'm so sorry, I didn't realize it." While the full house, like, <laughs> makeup music was happening.
2: yes Tanner. <laughs> <All> right, yep.
1: <laughs> but no, I think we. I think you might have said last. Maybe
0: Audrey. I think you maybe said it last last week that like Washington knew he could have told him, but he didn't. He left that. He left that for Eliza, and I think there's something beautiful about that. Yeah. Um, But I, I, I really do think, I don't know if he would have come home
1: i think he would have written a letter i think he would have written a letter back (laughs) he had written a letter
0: regardless but yes
1: i think he would have written a letter like prove it basically yeah how do you know how do i know it's mine and
0: (laughs) um and angelic or eliza says that i knew you'd fight until the war was won which by the way she didn't say she says one she knows that for him I'm done when this, when we've won freedom, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, he interrupts her. He says the war, not the war is not done. Um, typical Hamilton interrupting people, (laughs) not letting them finish a sentence. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you deserve a chance to meet your son and the music. There's a break. Um, he doesn't respond immediately. Um, I love the idea that Hamilton is speechless, uh, Mm -hmm. for a beat because not even Hamilton can argue with the, with this thing that she's just dropped. Um, because he knows that's she, she knows that's what he wants. he he wants a son. Now again, we can argue she would have no way of knowing that. Mm. That doesn't matter. The point is, in the moment, what this is communicating to us is Eliza is talking to him in ways that she knows he will get. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows he he won't be able to do the thing he always does. Um, and it works. Um, and it does. It pushes him into this other headspace. He changes gears. Mm-hmm. um are you are you gonna relish being a poor man's wife right um he this realization of what am I bringing to the table of this relationship if i'm gonna be poor and you're filthy stinking rich and that's a real mm-hmm. thing he said to her um uh, in a letter he wrote um the same letter I was reading earlier uh he mm-hmm. said he said have you do you will you relish being a poor man's wife basically mm-hmm. it's 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 so like it's so real of like this thing that I want it like I want is it could be here and but am I good enough for it am I you know whatever and the whole song is about yeah you're you're good enough like this is good enough um just which kind of ties back into
2: yeah it ties back into that whole idea that Hamilton is constantly putting up a front that he is Mm. so confident in himself and this gets at immediately you see that bravado stripped away and when the reality of oh man i'm about to be a father hits him then you see all those insecurities come to the surface right away it's like boom they're right there
0: Mm. yeah definitely um stay alive that would be enough is her response to all of this um Mm -hmm. I got to wonder if that's a reference to 1776. Uh, Apparently, there's a line in 1776 where Abigail Adams is talking about John Adams, another guy we don't hear a ton about in this musical, but we know they didn't like each other. Um, And Abigail says, I never asked for more. After all, I am Mrs. John Adams, and that's quite enough for one lifetime.
1: I I don't know enough about this or the context of this musical, but that feels sarcastic.
0: No, no, I know, but still, it's still interesting that those ideas are in both of them. Because um, his response is, "Is it Abby?" Um, and she makes a there's a funny statement after that. She says something about like him always being the next one to be hanged or something like that. So it's like <laughs> a it's like a comedic moment in that sh- in that show. But it okay. is interesting that we've had some 1776 connections. Um, and I gotta wonder with Lynn, especially because of some of the things you said today, Andy. Um, like for him to say, he just wrote this song, like, yeah, sure. But you also used a direct line from Alexander Hamilton, which has to have happened because you were reading a ton of writings of Alexander Hamilton. Why else would you word it specifically like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do wonder sometimes if maybe, um, you know, he was pulling, he'd been watching and interacting with stuff out of this time frame, and 1776 was there and maybe that helped him get to that line. I don't know. Um maybe. Just a, just a thought uh, that someone else on uh, Genius.com had. Not not my thought, but I did want to throw it in there. Um, she has this line, I don't pretend to know the challenges you're facing. We're going to hear that line again. Um, it comes back. It's one of the things that's going to come back. And when it does, uh, it's pretty powerful. But hmm. um, in, in her context even though this whole song is her trying to bring him back down to reality and trying to get him to like, just pay attention to the thing that's right in front of him. I, she still is like, I can't even pretend to understand everything that you're going through all the challenges that you face. It's, she's so there for him. It's kind of gross, but like uh, sweet is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah. um, She says, I know I'm not afraid. I know who I married. Does she? <laughs>
1: I, um, I think she does. Yeah, um, I think she does. I think so much of it is potential. Like he knows what he's capable of, mm-hmm. whether it's like with his career or whether it's with the women. Um, I just think that she doesn't think he's going to act on it. Maybe
0: I, I I'll take it as a, as a possibility. I do. I am interested in, in the, the play between the two sisters. Um, I feel Mm. like in their first interaction, Angelica sees right through what Hamilton is and what he's about. And she sees the danger. She Mm. tells, she tells him he'll never be satisfied later. We're going to hear a lot of what Angelica told Eliza in the very early stages of their relationship. Mm -hmm. And she always seemed to be like, you're going to have to be careful. This dude is, this dude is, could be dangerous. This dude could mess you up. And, I just think Eliza doesn't see, see that. I think she is blinded um, for, look, she loves him, but I think she is blinded by um, where she's at. Uh, and it's why she doesn't feel the way Angelica does at, right offhand. I think.
1: I, I feel like, I, I, I agree with you. I think Angelica's is so much of like, in, at least in the play, like so much of like that wall she's built up to, mm-hmm. to every man. She's like, oh, all men are like this. Like you, you have an angle, out. you have an angle, like that kind of thing. And like, I, I'm a Eliza Stan, at least for right now. Um, <laughs> And so like, I think if the roles were reversed and he did pick Angelica, Angelica would not have done this. Angelica would have not have sat down and been like, this is enough. No, she would have been like, all right, keep going, keep striving, keep pushing him instead of instead of just loving him for who he is. Um, and like there's a kindness at least that I've that I've seen in Eliza within the play so far that I haven't Mm -hmm. seen in Angelica
0: yeah no I I don't disagree with that I just think so maybe I'll put it this way I feel the way I look at it is Angelica is maybe a little more um (sighs) the walls are up and she's and she I don't. Maybe she's I, that's more realistic. I don't. I. I think it's that she's just more streetwise when it comes to this. When it comes to what men, specifically this man, is capable of, I think she just sees it. And I it is a, It is an element of building a wall. But I do think it's. Uh. I think she sees Alexander specifically. She. She said it and satisfied. Right. She does. Yeah. She has these asides where she makes the point to be like, do you see what he is doing? Not what all men do, but this guy specifically mm-hmm. I asked him this question. This was his answer. He's fidgeting. He's He doesn't know what he's doing. I see through this guy. And when we hear the things that she says to Eliza later, I think we get more insight into the fact that I don't think Angelica thought of Alexander as the same as every other guy. I think there's an element of that that we see unsatisfied. but I think later she is specifically trying to warn against the potential Um, that Alexander has to hurt Eliza and to her credit, I think it's one of the things that makes her such a good character. um, And honestly, the person that he needed to be with, but I don't think she is willing or capable of seeing that currently. Um, She will see it and her reaction is pretty fierce to it, um, but I don't think she sees it now. I don't think.
2: Yeah, I think perhaps it's an invitation for him to be who she thinks he is. Mm -hmm. and a declaration of, I know who I married. This is the person that you really are. Your behavior might not always line up with that, Mm -hmm. but Eliza sees something in him and she sees, she has an intimacy with him that nobody else does. And so there's something about the way I think that she communicates that to him. That's not, as if she's under a delusion that he's this perfect person, but it is an opportunity for her to say, I see these things in you. I see who you could be. I know who I married Mm -hmm. and be the person that I, that I see you can be, Mm -hmm. you know, like, how, how about you step into that? And there's that hope that we were talking about that she has for, for who he could become. And so I don't know. Maybe Eliza, it does have the wool pulled over her eyes, but she, she seems like she kind of knows what's going on to me. And she's saying, Hey, deep down, I know you and know that you want to be good. I know you want to be faithful. I know you want to make this work. So I'm going to say that I believe you can and Mm. hope that that is the truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So I think, man, those are all really good insights. I do like the idea of it being sort of an invitation to be, um, the person that she knows they can be. I like that idea. Be um, I, I like it. I like it. Um, so the last couple of thoughts I'd like to, I think, um, she asked to let me be a part of the narrative. Um, we can talk about that more cause it, that idea comes back, but I did like the idea that we brought up that there's been a couple of different times where we've seen like her up in the balcony during yeah. this. She's kind of been offside. We made a point of saying like she's part of the story, but she's over there and she's not front mm-hmm. of mind. I love that this is her kind of saying, "Let me this is the first time we've seen her in a while, right? So yeah. it literally yeah. is her saying, I'm gonna bring myself out into the front part of the narrative, mm-hmm. um, but then inviting him to continue to do that. Yeah, um, there's just been idea that she's been in the wings for most of this. She's always there, but she's not always present. And this is her kind of asking to be put in that place, and I love that. Yeah. Um, let this moment be the first chapter where you decide to stay, and I'm enough, and we're enough. Like all these things that she says to him. Um, which there's a moment in the um, the last song before intermission, the the end of the first act, where we're gonna see Hamilton wrestle through that very specific challenge. Let this be the chapter where you decide to stay. Hmm. Um. And decisions are made Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um and so but the beginnings of that thought happen here um where she's you know kind of i will say challenging him to stay and and be a part of what we're doing here um all in all beautiful song love it makes me teary-eyed um i i like it so much okay um, we need to do, I'm scrolling through my notes and I'm getting confused. Lyric. Yeah. Yeah. Best favorite, favorite, best line. Andy, I think
1: you were. It's Audrey first. Audrey first. Sorry.
2: I think mine has to be, I relish being your wife. And mm. I think it's because she cuts him off his train <laughs> of thought. Like she stops him in his tracks. Yeah. He's like tumbling down this like spiral. Right. And she's like, whoa like i you don't get to decide how i feel i mm-hmm. i get to say how i feel and i choose you and i think that's that is the crux of this whole song and their whole relationship is that she chooses him and she continues to choose him and to stand by him even when he doesn't deserve it
1: mm-hmm. when he
2: has done things that are hurtful and I I think it's such a powerful message of saying I, I wasn't marrying some image of you, I I chose you. I see you. I wanted to be your wife. That's a good one. Mm-hmm.
1: Mine is um is is a little bit different, but it kind of sh- it lets in on what Eliza sees. It's um the worlds you keep erasing and creating in your mind. Like first of all, that's just such a vivid picture mm-hmm. um that gets put in your head it's like okay i know exactly what this is especially in the context of what he does with writing and you guys can't see this but with the with the letter that he wrote about washington he him leaving um the army or leaving his his, his station, mm-hmm. his post. Um, you can see all of the red and all of the crossed out lines. And <laughs> yeah. like that was that was part of the letter. And so j- like first of all, he doesn't have like the backspace button or um or white
2: out or white <laughs>
1: out. Um but it's kind of crazy like you can see him editing himself mm-hmm. and seeing like the way he makes that sentence better. And she and as much as she's saying like I don't pretend to know the challenges you're facing but she knows that there's worlds that you keep erasing and creating in your mind um and, she, and that's an insight into her or into him
2: and she, melodically girl yes uh, that, that moment you're uh, like Butter, put it all over that roll let me eat it <laughs> so good
1: yes
0: uh, uh I like both of y'all's um i'm gonna I'm gonna land on in this moment. I think so long as you come home at the end of the day, that would be a uh, yes, um for a couple of reasons. One is it's very true to the idea of like she just really wants him to to not die in the war. and so she's pretty excited that he's home. Um mm-hmm. but given the trajectory of their relationship through the show, she holds to that idea because even in spite of everything that we know is gonna happen, He comes home, she comes home and, Mm -hmm. and they deal and they, and they work through. And so she means that when she says that. And so for every bit of talk I have about Eliza, not really knowing what she's getting into, um, she is who she says she is. Um, and so what she said, as long as you come home at the end of the day, that would be enough and people can hate her for it, but Eliza meant that. Um, and at least in the show, she meant that, and we see that in the show, um and uh, historically too we see that mm. so that's a good line um the whole song's good it's uh obviously it's not like a a rap battle um i i, I think to say someone won it um uh,
2: uh, uh, eliza it's eliza maybe
0: yes <laughs> perhaps <laughs> um i think eliza wins the song i would say hot take is alexander wins because he has eliza um
1: and he has a legacy now too
0: boom but no singing wise if there's a person who we walk out of this song going holy crap
1: duh <laughs> so like mm-hmm. hamilton like lin-manuel miranda could be doing like weird wacky faces and i wouldn't have known because i'd just be looking at eliza
0: here's the thing andy and i didn't talk about this earlier lin-manuel is doing weird wacky faces <laughs> because sometimes i feel like when lin um doesn't have the right thing to sing he just decides to act um and so when you see his face sometimes it's look I love I love them I love him and I love watching him do his thing and I know he he loves what he does and you see that heart and that passion but sometimes I look at his little face quivering when he's trying to get a line out and it turns into this sort of sound and I'm just like no I don't stop it just stop
2: <laughs> yeah I, I don't disagree with you I think. <laughs> um I think he's a genius and I think this has been performed much better by other people Mm -hmm. and there you know you can't take anything away from the fact that he created it and created this character amazing yes he is for sure not the best actor to ever perform this role so I, I for sure there are moments I'm like yeah no. yeah don't I, don't do that.
0: <laughs> I think what I do though is I, I what I the way I get around it is I remember how passionate he is about the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, and so like you see that, but i mm-hmm. but I am watching Lynn in that moment. if we're going on what Audrey said about like seeing a character, I know that I'm watching Lynn pretend to be Alexander Hamilton uh, right. and and be communicating emotions. That are meant to make us feel some type of way about Alexander Hamilton, which is ultimately how Lynn feels about Alexander Hamilton.
2: (laughs) Right. There's that like Inception thing going on that we're like watching him, watching himself performing a character on stage. And then you also have right beside him, just Eliza present. And that, that's that's the unfortunate thing in this moment for yeah. Lynn particularly is that he's opposite a person who like is doing really good acting, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like ooh, it's it's ever more obvious when your yeah. scene partner is just mopping the floor with
0: you. Do you relish being a poor man's <laughs> wife? <laughs> uh anyway no we love you lynn come on our show um never will <laughs> no, never. he does not know this exists um much to my chagrin and all the times that i've tried uh audrey what's your score
2: <laughs> uh i give this one a 9.5 Woo!
0: wow look at you all right why am i type oh you're not in here i i'm doing it i'm typing it i got it
2: you're doing it i believe in you
0: and oh sorry no explain no
2: i don't i don't think i need to explain it i I think i've said all the words (laughs) a lot of words about it already so okay (laughs) 9.5 stands on its own
1: (laughs) there you go i am doing um an 8.75 okay um i really like it i love Philippa Peseux' performance in it. I love the interaction with just the two of them. Uh, I love what she sang, and like you know, like you said, we had a really an emotional moment. I'm not really sure why that I have why it's why it's that low. Um, I think I just compare it to the to Satisfied and Helpless and some of the songs I've rated higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think the only thing that holds against it right now is that it's real. It's pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite as like longer is as is, like it doesn't pack that emotional heft like for an entire like three and a half like four minutes um like some of the other songs do um but yeah i, I really do like this song cool uh i'm gonna give it a 9.25
0: um i was gonna give it a nine uh, i'm gonna give it the two the point two five because there's a bunch of things in this song um that are setups for bigger punches later in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Look around, look around. Uh, I don't pretend to know the challenges you're facing. Um, That would be enough. It's going to come back. And then my favorite part of this is the piano part at the very end. Um, That that thing um, is the beginning of the song. It's quiet uptown. Um, And so all of those things that they're they're putting in this one song that eventually are going to be huge tearjerker moments mm-hmm. um it deserves that bump so i'm giving it the 9.25 for that very cool all right guys well look that at where is, we are guys look at Before where we, we are the fact that we're alive is a miracle um... that
2: should be enough
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes thank you <laughs> thank you thank you thank you um all right guys well we uh we're done with this one uh we will see you next time for what is it it's guns i think
1: and it's ships. guns and ships
0: oh my god i'm so excited i'm yeah. <laughs> so excited
1: this is josh's penis pants right now he's gonna have to get change
0: gross but no i am really excited um you guys know how i feel about david diggs um and uh yeah so yeah, and I, mean, I, haven't I
2: talked about your man in a while i know and I,
0: I i tell you i'm here for the rapping and we are about to get back to some rapping oh yeah
2: we're about to get in it
0: and the shaking of the tuchus well <laughs> i guess um all
2: right. <laughs> yeah i'm <Not> mad sure. <laughs> all
0: right well we'll do some of that uh when we get back <laughs> in the next episode talking about guns and ships hopefully you've enjoyed uh do all the podcasty things subscribe share with your friends the review us all that stuff and uh we'll see you guys next time Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Raise a mic podcast. If you're still here, we know you're a Hamill fan like us, and we want to invite you to become part of the show. You can send us your fun takes on the songs coming up by shooting us an email to raiseamike at gmail.com. If you're using the Anchor app, you can actually leave us a voice memo, and we may use that in the show. Like we said, go ahead and subscribe, review, and rate the podcast, because it really does help us rise up those ranks. And make sure to share this podcast with all your Hamilton-loving friends. Until we see you again, we thank you for stopping by and listening to us rant about this musical that we all love so much. Till we meet again, raise a mic, everybody.